Welcome to System Mastery, the podcast where we beat a dead horse 1d6 damage at a time. On today's episode, we're going to find out what happens when Gary Gygax takes another try. It's, uh, it's a big book of math problems, and you're really going to hate it, and we hope you'll enjoy how much you hate it with us. It's Cyborg Commando on System Mastery. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jeff, joined as always by your other host, John, and this is System Mastery, the podcast where we discuss weird old role-playing games that we find or are sent to us by you, the listener. I don't know why, but the way you said this is System Mastery made me immediately go to, this is Jeopardy! <laughs> okay, I was I was worried it was going to be more like, a, this is Nightline or something. <laughs> I'm Charlie Rose. Joining me across the couch today is uh, Senator from Vermont, John Taylor. Uh, it's good to be here. Mm. Uh, I, I've been told by the House Minority Whip that you smell like raspberries. Care to comment? No, yes, that's that's true. I I uh, smother myself in raspberries every day, uh, as I believe the Lord Jesus would want me to. That's very Vermontian of you. Yes. Mm. So uh, this week on System Master, we're going to be discussing Cyborg Commando, uh, a book the year of... The, 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 the year of which the release year of which I do not remember. Yeah, I'll look that up while we're uh, while we're talking about other things. Uh, but it is basically what happened when uh, Gary Gygax left TSR. Yeah, he was like, "Well, fuck you! I'll make my own game. I don't need D and D." And it turns out he did. He needed a lot. I mean, to be there's a lot of Gary Gygax in this that you can uh, having read Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, the very first, the, the one that was written by him. Yeah, you can really see a lot of the same impulses and concepts. Yeah, the I feel like the main issue is with D and D when he was writing that it was a generic sort of thing. Like he didn't have to come up with a full setting. Mm-hmm. But here they were like, oh, you can just go buck wild and make whatever you want. And he's like, oh, you know what I want to do? I want to get into the absolutely useless minutia of this. Yeah. Also, I feel like it'd be really fun if I just told the artist to draw everything but the actual stuff in the book. <laughs> just, I'm just going to give them the wrong directions every step of the way as a joke. <laughs> you know, it's it's my fun little prank. <laughs> On you, the reader. It's what I do for fun. In fact, let's go ahead and take the cover of the book where an extremely 80s-looking goof-ass cyborg is shooting fingertip lasers at a bug monster, and then just make it so that lasers don't come out of your fingertips at all. Yeah, they come out your knuckles. And that's all anybody remembers about this game is the fingertip lasers and the in the 80s power wrap sunglasses Hell yeah. on, on the Robomans. And, and, and here we are in a game where you do not, in fact, fire finger lasers like your Inspector fucking Gadget. No, you have knuckle lasers. Yeah. Or you have them nut lasers. You have to put your hand in what is known in the Oriental arts as eagle claw position. Yeah, you have to get into that eagle claw. <laughs> but you it, get uh, you get like palm sonics and knuckle lasers, mm -hmm. and yeah, I think the fingertip thing is like microwave or something. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's palm sonics. You got uh, knuckle lasers, and then you got miles tails per lasers. Yeah, I think is the third one. Miles tails. Per lasers. Yes, that's right. Also, you can fire Amy missiles. <laughs> ah. uh, good. Hmm? You got Rouge the Bombs. <laughs> uh, Dr. Rob 
butt bounce the the jump on people ability. Oh wow, wow, wow! Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell me you wouldn't watch an anime called Doctor Robot Bounce. You're, you'd be lying. I mean, you'd be lying to me and the listeners. Obviously, that would be massively popular. <laughs> Dr. Robot Bounce, now on Crunchyroll. <laughs> Go to crunchyroll.com slash system mastery. Oh, I forgot to tell you, we're sponsored by Crunchyroll now. Yeah. Uh, we sure do love all them animes. Boy, when I want to watch an anime, I want to watch it on Crunchyroll, because no one else is watching it on there, and I don't have to worry about someone seeing my Netflix thing and going like, oh, you watch a lot of pervy anime on here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I've got a long history of watching pervy anime before the people who put it on a Netflix realize what it is and hurriedly take it off. Oh, yeah, it's great. <laughs> They're like, oh, no, we fucked up. <laughs> yeah, that happened about maybe two or three years ago. I was flipping idly through that like anime page thing that always gives me because uh-huh. I watched like uh, Castlevania once. Yeah. And there was one in there called Queen's Blade. Uh-huh. And oh, my God. Oh, oh yeah. that, that's just women. It's just like, oh, in in, a, in the distant past, women with swords wander the land and cut each other's shirts off. Oh, yeah. That is, I mean, in the same way that you love the good old-fashioned the, the boob, good movie. Old fashioned boob movie, yeah. I love titty anime just to see the lengths that they will go to mm-hmm. to be like, there can't just be a scene where like, oh, yeah, it's sex time and I'm going to get naked. It has to be like... Oops, I fell, and then there was a hook on a door, and it grabbed my shirt, and it ripped the shirt off. And then also my hands got caught in mud, so I can't cover up. I'm like, man, I love the lengths that anime goes to to be like, oh, no, my tits. You know what? I'm on your side on this one. It's a different kind of enjoyment than the enjoyment I get from the good old-fashioned boob movie, which, again, is just all about kind of the happy vibes. That everyone, oh, yeah. You know, everyone's just so excited in those. Uh, in anime, it's always that they can't just be like, hey, here's my boobs. It's like literally the opposite of the old-fashioned boob movie. Oh, exactly. It, it, but the contravances that they go to are amazing, where they're like, oh, we all play a sport that's basically volleyball, but you can only hit the ball with your tits. <laughs> and, and sometimes the ball tears the shirt off your tits. Oh, uh, no, we're doing a, a full shonen thing, but the only way the hero can power up is by seeing tits. Yeah. And it's <laughs> just over and over again. Ah, I'm Optimus Prime. There are two tit-shaped holes in my back. You have to plug your tits into me, and I'll charge up to fight the uh, fight the Megatron. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's a full mech, but you got to be naked when you get into the mech, or I else mean, you can't bond with it. <laughs> I mean, there is that one where it's a two-person mech, and the woman has to be, like, ass up and pe- pointing at the dude who has to be, like, help, sitting in the thing, like, crotch out. Wow. That's a real anime. I don't don't ask me what it's called. I don't keep those names in mind. Because if there's one thing that anime I, I can't abide, and I know it's because I don't it's there's language barrier issues, the names are always ridiculous. Uh-huh. At least with the you know, they get the pun names. You get your witches of Breastwick and and so on in uh in, in booby movies, but in, in uh anime titty movies it's always called like, you know Demons X Cross. Yeah. The Saratoga Cycle. You're like, what? What is this? What? There's so many words in this. Why did you name it that? And I'm like, eh. <laughs> so uh, who would who would associate Saratoga and boobs? This is, who could possibly do that? <laughs> Saratoga is an instant boner killer. <laughs> There's one thing that's going to kill my boner. It's Saratoga. Yeah, that's what... It, uh, by the way, we are reviewing Cyborg Commando by Gary Gygax. Um, just wanted to make sure we had that. In case you have forgotten, just as we had. <laughs> So, oh boy. Uh, so the year, by the way, was 1987, and it oh, actually good. isn't designed by Gygax. Uh, it's based on an outline by Gary Gygax. It was actually written by Frank Menzer and uh, Kim Mo- Kim Mohan. Well, there you go. But it feels Gygaxy, doesn't it? Well, mostly just because 
the the prose tends to go on a bit. Yeah, I mean, there's not quite as many QVs and stuff like that in here, but there's there's a lot of extrapolation based on the silly dice rules that they came up with, which is kind of a back, backwards-ass way to design a game. Yeah. Now, this game includes a basic version of the rules mm-hmm. and an advanced version of the rules. And what that means is this game includes a playable version of the game, and a batshit stupid version of the game. <laughs> one of my uh, the, the thing I've been trying to do more and more when we do these shows recently is pick out my one thing, like the one thing that breaks this game. Like, th- sure, there's always more than one. But in this case, it's very much this, hey, would you, you have you been playing this game like a dumb idiot baby? What if you had triple bookkeeping? That'd make it more fun. Yeah, what if instead you were worse but everything was harder? You're like, oh, good, thanks. Uh, thank goodness. We finally upped the realism of this weird game that doesn't make any sense. Look, what I want in my game about cyborgs fighting artificially created bug aliens, it's realism. <laughs> so why don't we tell the story of the game first, and then we'll get into the rules. Uh, it's the far-off year of 2024. 2035. Is it 2035? I'm sorry. Well, that's hey. when the game starts. Like, there's an entire... Like from nineteen ninety something on timeline. Sure. Well, why don't we start with there then? We'll talk. We'll talk about Doctor Sawtell, uh, Doctor Sawtell, who is an, a genius inventor working in the field of putting brains in things. Yeah, he invents the sink or the I don't remember what this stands for, mm-hmm. but it allows a brain to communicate with a computer essentially. Yeah, then they get like a Ethiopian guy. He's from Nairobi, so he's Kenyan. Uh, a, a second dude to show up to help him. Uh, his name is like Dr. Nkusa or something like that. So there's these two guys. They don't like each other, and they're two scientists that are working hard to invent the cyborg body. But I love that they are straight up, like, odd couple, because mm-hmm. Sawtell loves to smoke and swear, and he's so untidy. And then, like, Dr. Mboso? Nakatsu, there's yeah. an S in there. Yeah, sure is so tidy and he loves to keep organized notes and he never drinks or smokes. Oh, but they have to work together. But anyway, eventually Sawtell's wife dies and he goes a little crazy and starts inventing ways to try to preserve the human brain. Uh, Now, the first thing they do, and I love this. This is so cute. Is they take the brain of a pig and put it in a little pig robot. They they make a pig bot and they have a little pig bot that, that... kind of pigs around their office a while yeah it just walks around being a pig now the best thing about that is they name it after his dead wife (laughs) so (laughs) it's like melba the pig bot named after my dead wife i mean in his defense her name was piggy mcpig (laughs) miss piggy (laughs) yeah they 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 name a little robo pig after his dead wife and that totters around the building for a while while they continue to uh develop the concept the concept and eventually have the goal of having this work on a human and that's when some soldier in uh, like pfc johnson yeah yeah his name's just like william jackson or something it's some boring name he's he's working as a mechanic in rural virginia when he when he misses a a, a loop or a, a hook or something and a whole bunch of shit falls on him and he's definitely gonna die he needs 90s of hours of surgery he's he's gonna need 90 percent replacement of all of his body parts mm-hmm. but what if we put your brain in a jar, and he's like, sweet, I love it. Yeah. And again, with this, 
They also they name him after their dead wives. Well, they, it's really embarrassing for him. They don't have a human robot for him yet. Yeah. He controls a little pig bot. So they have a human in a little pig bot wandering around. And I'm like, I don't think they how ever- embarrassing is it for you? <laughs> if you're PFC Jackson and they're like, we've saved your brain and we've put you into a robot. And you're like, oh, I'm going to be so awesome. And then you're just tottering around. <laughs> Oh, no. How come my vocoder can speak English but only say oink? (laughs) Oink. Oink. (laughs) Declaration. Oink. (laughs) Interrogative. Oink. (laughs) Firm denial. Oink. (laughs) Just walking around like that. Uh, Eventually, I don't know if Jackson ever actually gets a human body. Oh, he does. Does he? Because eventually he takes over like three warehouses worth of machinery. Yeah. And is is the brain of a bunch. Like, like, he's literally the brain of a bunch of garages. Yeah, because they went full supercomputer with him. Like, he Mm -hmm. gets, eventually he gets a human-ish body. uh, And then they just keep upgrading him to weirder and weirder shit. Yeah. And they ask him once, they're like, oh, we've actually perfected the whole, like, walk around as a human thing, and you've been in a jar for a while. Do you want a human body? He's like, no, I'm super cool being a computer in, like, a warehouse somewhere. He does, like, all of the technical jobs at at their company. They're they're evil, or not evil, really, but secret cyborg company. He's, like, the head accountant and comptroller and... And he does all these other jobs, just sort of being a big computer in a room. But it also says he's, like, trying to break into the CIA computer system. Yeah. And I'm like, come on, man. What's, what's with this guy? Now, the second person that they decide to incorporate into their uh, their cyborg bodies is a sexy lady. Well, this time it's different because we found out psychic powers exist. Yes. Oh, that's right. And uh, we call them... Psychogenics. Psychogenics, the, the base unit of which is the Psycon. And uh, uh, this lady is a famous, like, psychogenic. She's very good at it. Yeah, they have a whole group of people that were like, oh, we found out ESP is real, and, like, we turned it into a whole science. And one of them, I guess, it implies that Dr. Sawtell, like, like seduced one yeah, of them. Yeah, it, it, she was, like, supposed to be a grad student working under him, and he, like, boned her. There's a whole bunch of stuff in here about how Sawtell's lifestyle is completely unacceptable for everybody. Like, every couple paragraphs, they'll be like, and obviously, of course, the public could never learn about the many indecencies of Sawtell. Like, no one gives a shit. What's he doing? He's banging ladies? Who cares? It's, it's the 1980s. He's, someone should be flinging cocaine at him. <laughs> Just throw it at him. running on cocaine. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, the, the only reason that she is able to fully integrate with the human... What are they called? Hum- Humanitals? Humanical. Humanicals? Humanicals? It's humanicals. When they're, when they're, uh, the, the initial early robot designs are called humanicals. And she can integrate with that because she's got psychic power, which lets her... Bypass the sink part of the, the Yeah, so thing, like, yeah. in addition to having the sink, she can just be like, oh, I'm going to psychically move the limbs and whatnot so I don't have to worry about the connection being perfect. Yeah. So it she gets she gets a robot body and is extremely good at using it and uh at this point they accuse her and Sawtell of of indecency does like the United Nations Council or something uh, and her response because at this point in history while they're still working on these cyborg bodies uh they think that most of these cyborgs are going to be immortal they'll I don't just, know why they'll just live forever I well we'll talk about that in a second cuz they they keep mentioning how this all works and they never mention like blood or fluid or anything it's always just these brains are food. They're just these brains are oh, electricity. Oh, don't you worry about that. Yeah. If you wanted a very detailed explanation of what's going on inside of that brain in mm-hmm. a jar, 
it's there. Okay, good. But yeah, they 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 ask her if she's like ashamed of her indecencies or something, and she's like, "Oh, let me think about that for a few hundred years, dickheads." Here's the double birds. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> there's an entire part of this background where like the church gets all angry at them. Yeah, they're they're like really mad because cyborgs are going to live forever and that and kind like, of like, oh, this is yeah. against God's design. And so Dr. Sawtell's like, don't give a fuck. Yeah, of course, Dr. the other guy is extremely conflicted about this. Uh, and uh, he keeps working on it, but he eventually he'll retire from the field to focus on other things, mostly on psychogenics. The <laughs> The entire background of this is... <sighs> There's so much little detail and then broad strokes that get used. Like, when they talk about uh, PFC Jackson getting mm-hmm. put into a pig, they're like, at March 23rd, between 2 and 9 p.m., mm-hmm. he was moved to a thing in this specific hospital's room number 27. And you're like, what? Who? What? Why? And the next paragraph is like, Dr. Baboso invented robots. You're like, what? Come on. Don't. What? <laughs> Hold on. What? <laughs> There's a lot more we need to talk about here. It's it's weird how you just get super laser hyper-focused on mm-hmm. certain things. And then you're like, anyway, Dr. Sawtell invented, I don't know, 37 robots. Now, anyway. Yeah. Now, get back to, to pi- uh, Private First Class Jackson. The second meal he received in the hospital was a panko-crusted salmon filet. <laughs> you're like, what? Why are you letting me know this? None of this matters. Because of his low cholesterol diet, they had to cut the slivered almonds from the asparagus side. <laughs> it's uh, it's real weird. Yeah. And that's going to be the norm for this, is this oddly hyper-specific nonsense in this that does not have any bearing on the game or player, like... Okay, you want me to know exactly when this happened. You're like, oh, yeah, this was a momentous event, so I want you to know that. And that's a cool thing. But you also told me that, like, the Smithsonian dismantled the room and put it into a museum. Yeah. But when this starts, like, alien bugs have taken over everything, so it's not like I can go to the Smithsonian and see it. Yeah. Uh, okay, so the basics of the cyber uh, the cyborg process are that your brain's taken out of your body. Your body's put on on cold storage, uh, but there's no technology that exists yet to let them put your brain back in your body. And yet, the entire book keeps having references to, mm-hmm. oh well, you know, once you get back in your regular body, I'm like, what player is going to go? Yeah, I'd like to be in my <laughs> shitty meat suit again. I know I'm a cool cyborg with laser fingers and shit, but uh, uh, laser I, laser knuckles. Uh, I'm I'm laser knuckles, and this is laser Sonic. I'm really confused about laser rouge the bat. <laughs> you know, but, sexually, uh, I, I I'm I'm good. You can put me back in my shitty human body. That's fine. Mm. Uh- <laughs> But but they can't. They can't do that. They just keep mentioning it. And they mention stuff like how you're not allowed to change your hair color between game sessions. Ugh. Anyway, uh, okay. So you get instead your brain goes into a kind of big pill. You get you get like a little egg capsule for mm-hmm. your brain, and it's your brain and certain glands. Certain glands, you got your hypothalamus or whatever. Well it doesn't say, it just, it just says, says certain glands. Certain glands. Yeah. Again, one of those points where they're like, yeah, let's not get hyper specific. Anyway, the size of the egg is 
38 centimeters, uh-huh. but you're like, ah. Tell me what glands. I want to know what sweetbreads went in here. <laughs> I, I want to know what's floating around in this weird egg of brain. So you get you get put in an egg brain, a brain egg. Your brain goes in there along with certain glands, an electrical engine to power all that shit, and an extra computer called Mad Mac, because that's obviously what people would want to be paired up with, is a brain named after a movie about, you know, the post-apocalypse. <laughs> Mad Mac and me. Yeah. <laughs> Mad Mac tonight. The uh the computer gives you like the ability to have knowledge you normally wouldn't because of the way the sync works. Mm-hmm. It also works as like extra memory storage and your brain cannot tell the difference between like remembering something that is in your brain and remembering something that's in the computer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now this big pill that like, like John mentioned is, is nearly 40 centimeters long, which means it can't, it, it can just barely fit in a tall man sized robo body. Uh, but they don't usually do that. Most cyborgs are a, a foot or two taller than humans to make, to make sure there's extra room. Now your brain's in the chest cavity, which is neat. Cause if someone tries to shoot your cyborg head off, they just shot the head off a cyborg and you're like, Oh, that's a shame. But, well, you lose all your sensory inputs and you have to rely on Mad Max radar system, but 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 yeah, you can lose your head and still be stomping around as a cyborg. Yep. Uh okay. Uh now, meanwhile, like really meanwhile, starting in the thirteenth century uh AD, uh ro- aliens show up. They send in probes using gravity peak quantum skip hyper drives yeah they uh show up near jupiter using buzzwords Mm -hmm. and they land on the moon and are like oh look a planet with people on it cool we should probably take this over yeah now it turns out that these are this is a probe sent here by an alien species that is basically a conquering empire yeah uh now the conquering empire is a variety of species now because they you know conquering empire they You've got you're basically a coalition of many evil races, uh, but this this particular probe goes back home and it takes hundreds of years. Well, whenever it, they arrive, it sends a signal, yeah. and the signal has to go at signal speed instead of quantum nonsense speed. Yeah, they can't it can't fly back because in order to keep anyone any other race from figuring out where they live or how they get around the galaxy so easily, whenever they send anything into a new solar system, they have it burn out its own warp core when it gets there. So everything's one-way trips. Yeah, it it got there, saw that it was like, oh, cool, there's a thing here. I'm going to blow up my quantum drive and then just send a signal to them. Yeah. So yeah. it takes like 600 years for it to get there, so they don't find out until like the 1900s. Yeah. Uh, so eventually the aliens decide that they're going to send an invasion force here. They send it out to Jupiter. It's just two of these aliens. Uh, they set up a base on Ju- on one of the moons of Jupiter somewhere, and then spend a century cranking out an invading army force, which sadly they don't do by fucking. No, the aliens, they basically just take a giant pile of goop and go, all right, what is the alien race that we are trying to conquer's fear? Yeah, it's it's uh, obviously sewer clowns. Yeah, and the so- whole army of sewer clowns. Fear. <laughs> They say they, over and over they again. They say, they says. Yeah. <laughs> beep, beep, Reggie. <laughs> boop, boop, Rutchie. <laughs> well, Rutchie touchers. <laughs> uh, uh, so they, but no, they're like, okay, well, we have to figure out what humans are afraid of. Well, how about these big scaly reptilian uh, invaders that we use sometimes? Oh, no, because they actually think dinosaurs are just interesting. They're like, oh, dinosaurs are dumb and dragons always get beaten stories. In their stories, the dragons always lose. Okay, well, what about demons? 
oh no, you see, they all play this weird role-playing game where people constantly are beating up demons with their holy powers. Which is weird, because think- what role-playing game is he referring to? I would have thought if he was going to do that, he'd do it for dragons. Yeah. He was like, oh no, they... They definitely beat up dragons all the time in a role-playing game. But no one's like, oh, demons, that's what we fight all the time in our role-playing games. You know, the ones we had to change the names of so we could we wouldn't offend the church so bad, so we called them demons and deebles. Yeah. Deebles? <laughs> deebles. I'm a deeble. <laughs> I, I'm the lord of deebles. I'm the baby deeble. <laughs> There's Artemy riding on a dinosaur, because deeble and dinosaur are next to each other in the monstrous manual. <laughs> Yeah, so they they decide that because RPGs exist, not to send demons. So instead they decide that humans are afraid of bugs, and they build an entire army based on dust mites, which, you know, humans don't know what those look like, uh, but it's sure, sure, why not? That's great. They're like, yeah, whatever. So it's they, bugs. They make these, like, 14 to 15 foot long, eight-legged bug monsters. And in order to make humans more aware of how scared of bugs they are they also start a bug plague like they drop pheromones that increase the bug spawning population Mm -hmm. and so there's like a bunch of plagues of insects in various places on the planet before they invade yeah so that's the army set up at the but the alien invasion happens within a couple of hours and is very successful uh they don't really care about killing all humans in fact they don't really want to no, they I mean, they, they the, just want the planet. They don't give a shit. They just want the planet. So they blow up a secret Chinese nuclear facility. Ancient Chinese nuclear facility, huh? <laughs> I, I don't know why. I've never seen a Calgon commercial, yeah. and yet the whole Calgon thing is in my head. This smells great. Thank you. I bought these nuclear bombs in the south of France. <laughs> Jean-Luc. <laughs> No, but apparently China was hiding nukes in Antarctica, and a, a big stockpile of nukes. So they send like a meteor that blows that up, and then the nukes they fuck up go the off. Yeah, and they they fuck up the weather for for a long, long time. And during that weather fuck up, while well, all these bugs already are going crazy, they send a bunch of things called teleborgs, which are alive bug spaceships full of bugs. Uh, and then those land all over the planet, disgorge bugs, and then fly back up off the planet so no one can figure out the teleborg technology. Great. Uh, then, because they don't really care about taking over humans, all these xenoborgs, which are these giant bug monsters that landed all over the place, uh, take up just points wherever they want, just hang out. And then as humans come running out there to kill them, they just kill those humans. Yeah. And, and, and so that's how they win. They've realized that like conventional weaponry isn't great, and they can't really nuke them because they're so spread out. That you'd be like, I nuked one and that was it. I killed one. So obviously the only possible resistance against these Beetleborgs is uh, the, <laughs> cyborg the threat commandos. Of, of, of cyborg commandos. Which is very weird to me that they're like, oh, well, obviously conventional weaponry doesn't work, but conventional weaponry used by a cyborg will. Yeah, they're like, okay, so cyborgs have like five kinds of weapons. They have like acid hands and lasers and gun fingers and and sonic palms and all that and it's like well why don't you just turn that shit into guns yeah i'm like you already have the technology to be like oh i made a weapon the size of an arm yeah that shoots lasers or you know microwaves just or whatever use spare arms <laughs> yeah just, just hand I, you, you know what two different soldiers each get an arm yeah 
But no, it's got to be the cyborg commandos. And then there's a big description where or part where they defend the use of these. They're like, like, why aren't they just putting these robot brains into like tanks and airplanes and shit? And they're like, oh, those are too conspicuous. By ter- by putting their brain in a humanoid body, they can fool the bug people for longer and get closer before they attack. And then when you read the bug section, like the first sentence is, oh, their senses immediately pick out any cyborg they see within miles because of the electrical impulses. Yeah, they're like, oh, wait a minute, you're not a normal human. You have electricity running through you. Plus, you're like nine feet tall. Beep, boop. <laughs> You look like a robo-man, except for your perfect 80s hair. Yeah, great. Uh, so there you go. That's the setup. There's little gorilla bases that spring up all over. Uh, you get put into a cyborg body, and you and your party of other cyborgs go wandering off into the wilderness where you try to blast bugs. Uh, but if you're thinking, oh, well, can we ever win this war? No, you can't, because because the aliens are really good at hiding their technology. So you'll never get off planet. Well, the weir- yeah, the weird thing is, reading this, I go, okay, so... You can try and beat up some bugs, mm-hmm. but this is already a post-apocalyptic sort of thing. Like there are very few little bases where you can go because you are run, you run on literally batteries, mm-hmm. which means if you start running low on power, you got to go back to base and charge up. So it's not like you can go do extended guerrilla warfare. Yeah, you have to just go do sorties and then come back and get charged up again. Meanwhile, these bug these xenoborgs are very good at reproducing. And the fucking actual aliens who are making them are just up there going like, okay, great, you killed four. Anyway, here's a dozen. Yeah, so it's it's kind of fighting a losing battle, which is funny because the book doesn't set it up that way. It's like the one thing the aliens didn't count on during their long interstellar flight to invade the Earth is the irrepressible tenacity of the human species. They're so quick and clever, and no one has ever advanced technologically as fast as humans do. If they had known... This is what they'd be fighting. They would have just blown up the planet. Well, they know now. Just blow up the planet. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, even if they go, oh, man, sunk cost fallacy. We've already made so many weird little bugs. We've got to go through with it now. Even then, you're not losing. Like, what do you, what do you think is going to happen here? Yeah, I mean, they have an un- inexhaustible resource in the form of these bug monsters. They might as well just be like, yeah, we actually accomplished the mission, which is the humans aren't dead. Uh, we didn't really kill them off, but we do have their planet now. We're done. Oh, and every once in a while, some robot ones try to kill our, our, our bug monsters, but our bug monsters just fuck up some new bug monsters and we don't care. Yeah, it doesn't matter. We own the planet. Yeah. So, uh, I think we've talked for about a half hour about uh, nothing but the story of the game, but I'm ready to tell you some of the rules, John. Okay. You want to you wanna just start on basic? Of course we're going to start on basic, and then we'll let people know that advanced even exists. So, first things first. Right, in, right out of the gate, as we explain the rules of the game, uh, let it be known that this game has strong opinions about the Imperial and metric system. Boy, howdy does it. Uh, it is going to constantly reference that you should really try the metric system, you guys. You guys, the metric system. Have you tried it? Mm-hmm. Have you tried it, you guys? Now, we're going to build the game, says the book. Uh, so that you can use either metric or imperial. So in any t- any situation where we have a measurement of uh, distance or weight, we'll just put some numbers there, and you can either put in pounds or yards or whatever you need to do, or, or meters, whatever you need to do. But keep in mind that this does give an inherent advantage to metric system users because yards are longer than than or sorry, the meters are longer than yards, and kilograms are heavier than pounds. Okay. All right. No. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. And then right after that, they just drop that and just give every everything to you in metric system the whole way through. Well, yeah. And then they just give you a chart that is here's the conversion rate. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Thanks. Also, a thing they they want you to know is that for maximum convenience of play, uh, they're going to be using metric time. Uh, 
which which divides into things like travel turns and combat turns. Uh, a combat turn is eight point six seconds. Point eight six seconds. I'm sorry, you're thinking of a cycle. Yes. A, a combat turn is is ten cycles divided into. I'm sorry, two. Uh, it's ten phases divided into two cycles and capped off at the top with a with a timeless combat uh, announcement phase. That's a single combat round. So it's eight point six seconds divided into ten point eight six second fra- uh, cycles. The so the reason it does that is of course because this is one ten thousandth of a day. That's point eight se- eight point six seconds is one point one ten thousandth of a day. Well, how good. convenient. How very notable. Eight point six seconds. Well, that makes perfect sense to me. Now, if you're wondering about a travel turn, that's fourteen point three minutes. <sighs> Convenience, they mention over and over again. Yeah, it's so easy to divide things into ways they shouldn't be. Like, it's one thing if you want to use metric weights, but metric time is not a thing, and I am sorry. All right, so I know it's the worst. No one does metric time. Uh, Okay, so uh, the first thing you need to know is it's a point-by game. You get uh, the basic character begins with 60 points. 60 points to spend. There are three stats you're going to be buying. Those are mental, neural, which, fuck you, the same shit. Mental, neural, and physical. Uh, mental defines things like your how smart you are, how many skills you know, and how quickly you recover from mental damage. Neural uh, is your agility and your endurance. Well, you see, there are neurons all over the body, not just the brain. Your heart has neurons, Jeff. <laughs> My heart has some shitty neurons. Too, that's true. It's, it's, yeah, that's probably 40% the neurons it's supposed to have. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but neural doesn't mean pertaining to or, or consisting of neurons. You'd think it would, but it doesn't. No, but that's what they do anyway, so whatever, fuck it. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, uh, your physical stat is just how brawny you is. Now, don't spend all your points on these three stats, because your same pool of 60 points also needs to be used to buy you some skills. Yeah, you have to spend at least 15 points, because every stat has to be at least five, and you can spend up to 50 points. So you will have between 35 to 10 points in skills. Yes. Now, John, don't you ever forget that whatever your neural score is, make sure you write that down because that's also the number of psychons you start with if you're playing with psychogenics activated. Yeah, which, boy, howdy, why wouldn't you? Yeah, you really ought to because otherwise everyone's going to make pretty much the same character. Uh, skills. There are hundreds of them. Uh, no, there aren't. Not in basic. Oh, okay, fine. Uh, in basic, there, there are, are twenty-five. There are twenty-five of them. Uh, the only thing you can pick is fields of skills. See, here's a fun thing about this game: the skills are divided up using basically the Dewey Decimal System. Well, yeah, it'll be like, all right, we've got uh, two different divisions. There are active skills and passive skills, essentially. Yeah. Or I think it's like active and like inactive. I don't know what they call it. But it's pretty much combat skills and non-combat skills. Now take your mental, uh, take your mental score, divide that by three. That is the number of fields of skills that you can be trained in. Uh, you can you can be trained in them to higher levels, but that's the maximum capacity in the terms of the number of skills that you can know. Yeah. As your mental score divided by three, uh, your training ability, which is the amount that you, the maximum you're allowed to train any given skill to, is your mental sw- score subtracted from one hundred. Great. Good. So the the skills are you've got the two divisions 
And then within those, you've got... Oh, that's right, because it divides into... Because then it divides into two different types. So, like, Static you've and got... combat. Well, no, those are the divisions. Yes, yeah. You've the, got your yeah. combat and your non-combat. Yeah. Within that, like, you go to combat, and it's... Fields. The uh, two things are personal combat and movement. Mm-hmm. And then within those oh, yeah, are yeah. the actual breakdowns of what you buy. Yeah, you're describing the the, the five br- uh, groups of skills, which are categorized into two types: either either combat or non-combat. Combat is is, is movement, like John saying, movement and combat. Non-combat is art and language, science, science and law. Uh, are those three uh, within inside of each of those five groupings are a variety, like John was saying, twenty five fields. Yeah, so you can under personal combat, you can have. Unarmed combat or ranged combat, mm. uh, some other stuff. Yeah, there's there's a ton of them. Uh, but that's all you need to think about for right now, because we're not even talking about that advanced game yet. Now, uh, you've picked out your your uh, combat, your skills. You've pick, you've got your stats written down. Uh, there are a number of substats you need to determine, which is all just done by multiplying your various base stats by things. Like you figure out the number of hit points you have. Although in this game they're called integrity points. Yeah. Um, because it's structural integrity. Mm-hmm. You don't really have hit points. You've got an integrity for your robo-body. I mean, you also have hit points because your brain can get rattled by attacks, but not in the basic game. Okay, so... Uh, the Now, <laughs> the game wants you to know that it's going to use D10s. Now, there are some ways that you could use D10s, and it's going to let you know. You could roll a D10, and then all of your options are equal between 1 and 10. You could use percentages, which gives you a larger range, but everything is still a 1% chance of happening. Yeah, there's no bell curve to a, per- to a percentile dice. But what we've done here is an innovative thing that I'm sure will catch on, and every RPG in the future will be doing this. It's called D10X, where you multiply one D10 by another D10. Mm-hmm. Now... This is going to give you a bell curve, but it also means certain numbers can't be rolled. Like prime numbers uh, above, uh, 10. Higher, above 10, yeah. yeah. So you can't roll certain things. Certain numbers get rolled far more often. Mm-hmm. So you do have a weird bell curve. Now, in case you were wondering if the book devotes five pages to showing you charts and graphs of bell curves and probabilities... Ooh, it does. Oh, my God. There's so many pages of them. It just looks like math homework. Like, you look at one, and it's, like, two different parabolas that have, like, unlabeled uh, sides to it, so I don't even know what it's charting. It's just like, here's two half circles. Here's where they meet. Here's a thing that says lower than 100 and points to a random part of this parabola. And I'm like... Mm-hmm. What the fuck are you talking about? My favorite thing is, just brief for when we're discussing the stat math into the advanced game, is that all the crit effects in the advanced game are based off uh, doubles, which I think have to be rolled doubles and not numeric doubles. Yeah, you yeah. roll doubles and you have to have already hit. Yeah. Because rolling high is what you want to do, but it's it takes its same thing like from Thacko. Mm-hmm. Where you start at 100 and all of your skill points subtract from 100 and then you've got to roll above that Mm -hmm. rather than having a skill percentage that you are trying to roll under. I mean, notably because doubles are another thing, like double numbers, like 33, 44, 55, you can't roll those using the D10X system either because neither D10 can roll to an 11 
and there's no other divisors for like a 33 than an 11 and a 3. So there's a whole bunch of numbers that you can't possibly roll. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's uh, just good times. Good times. And, and then if you're thinking, oh, shit, well, there's too many things you can't multiply into. He didn't think this through. Don't worry, he did. Yeah, it's, he has an entire sidebar about, yeah. like, now some numbers you can't get. And, of course, obviously that means there's only six possible uh, doubles you can get and still hit. Because the low-end doubles you automatically fail on if you roll two ones. Yeah. Because you anything... I think 10 or under is an automatic fail. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then... A clean miss, it's called. Yeah. So... <sighs> Having fun? It's just the fucking math in this, mm-hmm. even before you hit the advanced game, is just chart after chart of like, here's the percentage of this. Here's a different chart showing these various things on a graph. Oh, Kotusu. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, I that. told you there was an S in there. Oh, yeah, but I was saying Mboso. There was an S in there, too. <laughs> no, you were saying Mboto. Whatever. I'm, it's it's, uh, it's Kotusu. Yeah, great. Thanks. All right, there you Thanks go. Thanks for taking us back to that when we weren't talking Let me take it. you back to the day. So, yeah. And then the one good thing it does in all of these pages of charts is it ends up having a breakdown where it's like, now, certain skill levels, getting a point in it, is going to be worth more percentage points than just a single point. Like, if I go from having, say, 14 points to 15 points, Mm -hmm. that's actually a 3% increase in how often I will succeed. Yeah, but then going from 15 to 16 is like a 2% increase, which basically tells you that this is a fucked up system. Yeah, and then it, it gives you the list of, here are the point breakdowns where you're getting more than 1% per point. So these are the point levels where that matters. Mm-hmm. And then it gives you an entire different breakdown where it's like, now here are the point buy levels where when you buy it, it gives you less than a percent per point you spend in it. Mm-hmm. And basically it just boils down to uh, the first 15, 16 points you buy are really good. Mm-hmm. And then the last like 70 you buy are bad. <laughs> yep, that's basically it. Uh, okay, so <laughs> the next thing you have to deal with is your... Oh, I'm sorry. Before you get to cyborg conversion, there are three categories of upgrades that you need to... Or, or uh, details about yourself you need to deal with, which are things like what you look like and where you're from and what your, psycho- what your like, uh, alignment is and stuff. It's just... There's three little sections where it's like, hey, you might want to consider physical details like hair or eye color. You might want to consider historical details like that you're from Las Vegas. You might want to consider... You might want to make a character. Yeah, it's it, but it's all just like write down some stuff. Don't worry about it. And then with a big sidebar that's like, remember not to change this stuff between sessions. Why? Who cares? Well, just... Well, I mean, history, yeah. You don't want to be like, I'm from Las Vegas. And the next week, I'm actually from Tallahassee. I was never from Las Vegas. I lied. I mean, who, who, were, who was doing that to the people who wrote this game? Why did they feel the need to include that? Like, oh, yeah, people are constantly trying to change the backstories of their characters right in the middle of play in this game where your backstory means fucking diddly. Yeah. Oh, no. This guy said his weird on-ice meat suit had gray eyes. Then he said it had blue eyes. This is ruining everything for the fact that he doesn't play as that. And the idea that you might be changing your cyborg's hair color every game is like, who cares? It's a cyborg. That's not hair. Yeah. That's some... I went and got a paintbrush and changed my hair. Who gives a shit? <laughs> that's some Ken doll shit. It doesn't matter. Uh, or anyway, yeah. So that's that's annoying. 
Now, the next thing you need to calculate, uh, actually just write down from a chart, are your lights. Uh, you see, your character has a set of defenses against each of the five types of attack that can occur in this game, uh, which are lasers, impact, thermal, energy, and sonic, uh, or lights. You write down your lights score. I think it's actually electric, you'll find, and not energy. Oh, okay. Because laser enough. is energy. Oh, you're right. You're right. That's fine. So electric and sonic. Yeah. Uh, this is also... I don't even want to talk about that. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just, there's so much in this book. I just don't even... Oh, man. So you have to you have to just write down those numbers from a chart because your body, your cybo body, has specific re resistances at the beginning of the game against each one of these different types of attack. Uh, oh, by the way, we might as well convert your character to a cyborg. Uh, the first thing you do to do that is is add 100 to your strength score because your brain remembers how smart it used to be. I, I guess. Well, yeah, your your physical score gets plus 100 instead of set to something. Yes. So it's like if your physical body was super buff. You're stronger as a cyborg? Yeah, because your brain remembers. Your brain remembers being super buff, so it's like, oh yeah, I'm super buff. Yeah, your brain knows how to be super buff, so it just applies that to the robo body, and you get to be super buff. Uh, so you apply 100 to your physical, and this is when you start calculating things like your number of integrity points, which is your physical score after you're converted to a robot times two. Now, uh, the, <laughs> the thing to note here uh, is the average human... We'll have probably between 10 and 15 mm? in any given stat. Yes. So if you were thinking, boy, I sure shouldn't put any points into physical beyond what I have to because it's going to add a fucking hundred to it and the difference of five points there isn't going to matter. You are correct. Thank you for finding out. Yeah. Uh, so you add a hundred to your physical and then you figure out things like how much damage you do with a punch and how much uh, you heal up each day. Although healing up each day is specific. doesn't matter because yeah, you it only can't. it only applies to damage that your brain takes because uh, the rest of the robot needs to be repaired, obviously. Yeah. Uh, so you figure both of those out by dividing your physical score by ten. Uh, that's the number, the amount of physical damage you do with punches and the speed at which you would heal if you were made of meat, which you are not. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of. Well, of course, you'll need to know this for when you go back to being a regular human. I'm like, when. When is that going to happen? No, no one is working on that technology. <laughs> Not only is no one working on that, the only point where you would be like, well, time for me to be a regular human again is if you somehow beat the innumerable alien invaders. And then at that point, you're like, okay, great. But the campaign is over. So who gives a shit again? That's yeah. So there you go. Now your character has skills. By the way, if you're wondering about the psychic system, it's skills. There's just some skills that are psychic abilities, Yeah. Uh, and you just spend points in them. Uh, now you also need to write down the number 200 on your sheet, because that's the number of PU you have. Uh, if you're curious about your character's PU score, I can assure you it's 200. That is the amount of power units or just electrical battery power your character has. Uh, you need that for everything. Yeah. It's, you're constantly spending, spending battery power at ridiculously high speeds. So... If you are just wandering around, there's a rate per day that is fairly low. Like, if all you're doing is just walking around as a cyborg and not doing anything else, mm -hmm. then they're like, okay, you're spending, like, 15 a day, maybe. Yeah. Okay, fine. If you're if in combat. You, if you go to combat, you immediately spend, like, 10, just because now you have to heighten all of your combat senses. Yeah, you engage in combat mode, and then it costs one per turn for every turn that you're in combat. And uh, all of your onboard weaponry has costs. So, like, shooting a laser is 5, 10 if you want to shoot a double laser. And shooting microwaves costs as much as they are distant from you. 
and shooting Sonic is like five, but it sucks. Like you have to figure out what resonance they vibrate at. And once you've done that, then you can start damaging them. And the damage is the same damage as everything else, but it takes you like two full rounds to get there. By the way, you also took your neural score and took the the tens digit from it earlier on in the game. The tens digit of your neural score defines your speed. That's the number of actions you can take during any given combat r- uh, round. Now you might think, oh my god. This game has action advantage. Obviously, neural is amazing. You can only make one attack around. Uh, you can make one per uh, per, per cycle. Per, yeah, per phase. Sorry, phases are divided into cycles. Uh, so you can attack twice, essentially, because there's you can attack twice per type of attack you do. Because John, I'm about to explain the light system and how it interrelates with the initiative system, and then I'm going to die. <laughs> See, the reason that your your attack round is divided into two fa- two phases of five cycles each is because the first phase of five cycles, after you declare what you're going to do, you have to do them. You can't change them because you're going too fast. It, it happens within a microsecond of when you start. You, oh, you yeah. Considering this is 0.86 seconds, yes. you don't really have a lot of time to go, oh, I should really change what I was doing. Your second phase, you are allowed to change those actions as long as you skip your action in the first phase. And if you're willing to pay a small power unit or PU cost. Uh, now, the reason it's five phases per cycle is because each phase per cycle is a specific type of attack. Lasers occur on the one phase and on the six, I'm sorry, the one cycle and the six cycle, uh, and, and so on and so forth. So the next one would be impact, which Basically, occurs on the Basically, however fast seven. your thing is. So lasers always, are super fast. Yeah. Bullets are fast. Throwing things are medium, and then it goes down to, like throwing a punch oh well it's not yeah i mean well actually it goes down to sonic john because you see oh it, yes it follows the order of the uh of the defense system legend earlier the aforementioned lights so lasers go on one uh, impact goes on two thermal goes on three sonic is slow because it technically starts at two but it doesn't finish and deal damage till five you can only make two lasers attack attacks in a round because each combat round only has one phase one and one phase six but if you were to have four or five attacks you could do things like laser fire sonic laser again fire like that. That's that's what multi-attack action does for you. Uh, when I read it, it said you get one attack per thing. Hmm, interesting. I had read it differently, but that's okay because this book's insane. Yeah, no. I mean, I'm not going to say you are definitely wrong or that I am definitely right. But, uh, yeah, when I read it, it had a whole sidebar that was like, you only get one attack per whatever, but you can change what the attack is. Fair enough. So you could be like, I laser in the first one and then throw a grenade. Yeah. All right. So that's... uh. That's the insane combat system. You have to. You, there's ten little phases you have to track of when things are happening. Some things happen in other things' phases, and then finish on their own phases. It's uh, it's pretty mind bending. Now, in terms of when you actually go, like in comparison to other players, that's also determined by your initiative score, which you calculate again through your neural score by making some kind of division to it. And at that point, you. Oh, and also there are a few more things you can do with your Mad Mac, your computer system. Uh, If you, for example, would like to Jedi mind punch or just Jedi punch all the bullets that are coming out of you are coming at you away for a round. You can just give yourself over to Mad Mac and turn on its ultra fast computer mode, which does nothing but prevent projectiles from hitting you for one round. Uh, This costs 20 of your PUs. Yeah, the there is uh, it's like the basically overclocking your thing and you let the computer do everything for you and you shut down your brain. And it needs to have a way to stop them, so you can use lasers to shoot them down, you could shoot bullets with bullets, Mm -hmm. whatever it happens to be. But it just means you get to be super rad for a round, 
but you are chewing through energy yes. because you are moving faster than you could possibly imagine. You can also spend your power units to move faster uh, than normal. You could just buy a, a yard or meter per PU during your movement action, uh, and you can uh, spend it to like jump super high and to take extra actions. Uh, so you're, you're able to burn through your power units particularly quickly doing that. I think the stupidest way you can burn through power units is when, you're, when your character is walking around, just not in a fight, just walking around, you can spend five power units per, con- per travel turn to just let Mad Mac walk for you. Uh, but Mad Mac can't use your robot eyes for some reason, even though, again, you don't have human eyes. Your whole head is a robot. Yeah, uh, it's just... Like sensors that you are looking through. Yeah. Mad Mac can't use any of that. He has to use special radar you have in your wrists and big flashy lights to see everywhere, which means that when you, when you let Mad Mac walk, sure, you don't have to pay attention to what's going on anymore, and he'll walk around the neighborhood for you, but he's flashing lights everywhere and using radar. But all of a sudden, you just turned into a walking rave. Yeah. And he burns a ton of power to do it, and there's no benefit to doing it. You can't rest or anything while he's doing it. No, it's not like, oh, while that happens, you get to make, like... Some rolls to deduce things using your brain while Mad Mac walks. You're like, no, man, I'm pretty sure walking is not a function that's going to stop me from thinking about things. So who gives a fuck? I'm a cyborg. It's not like I'm going to get tired of walking. So that's basically how the game works. We didn't really talk. I mean, you use D10X, that that system where you roll D10 times D10, to see whether you succeed at the various skills you have. And most of the weapon attacks, like the lasers and the sonic and so on, also do D10X for, for to hit. You roll D10 times X to see if you hit. If you do hit, the result of your D10 times X, or times another D10 is also the amount of damage that you deal. Yeah, you don't roll damage. It's just if you hit, then whatever you hit with is the damage. Yeah, unless the thing has a specific damage type. The laser, I'm sorry, the lightning or electrical imp- impulse that you can do, uh, your electric blast, like a little lightning bolt, does a static amount of damage, and so does a punch. Yeah. Ah. Uh, uh, so uh, that's basically the anyway. Basic there's game. an advanced version of this yeah, game. John, would you like to play the exact same game? It doesn't even ask you if you would like to. It's no. Like, eventually, your players are going to get bored of this version of the game and are going to want to graduate to the extraordinary realism of the advanced mode. Now, the advanced version of this game is take everything and multiply it by three or four, and that's how much more complex it is. So all of your stats, yeah. instead of having three, you have nine, because each stat turns into three stats. Yeah, they're super easy to remember, too, because now instead of just having uh, mental, neural, and physical, you have mental integrity, capacity, and recovery, neural integrity, capacity, and recovery, and physical integrity, capacity, and recovery. Great. Uh, and then we take the skills, and instead of being able to be like, Oh, I've got, like, a cool science skill, and I just put points into science, and I'm a science man. Now there are, uh, instead of 25 skills you could put points into, there are 98. Yeah, because they split up into from just being in fields into divisions, which are above fields, and areas, which are below fields. And you can buy blocks of, of areas of skills uh, or now, entire divisions of skills for discounts off your skill point expenditures. Yeah, the so if you just want to buy, like... Motor vehicles. Like, great, I want to be able to drive cars and trucks and whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, great, okay, you can just go into that area and get that under the movement skill package. Mm-hmm. However, you can bump it up a level and get everything from the movement skill package. Like, mm-hmm. if I wanted to get five points in all of them, then I would spend my points in all of those, but I get a 20% discount if I do it that way. Now, if I want points in 
everything in an entire subset that's like personal Cat- combat. Yeah, that's all of it. Category. Yeah. Then I put points into literally everything, however much it is, and then it's a forty percent discount. Yes. So the the personal combat one is almost worth it because there's not a lot of sub skills in it mm-hmm. and it's useful to have so the the discount you might look at it and go oh okay that's pretty good i might take the 40 or the 20% yeah. depending on what i was doing but some you're just like dude there's like nine sub skills in this and i don't care about any of them why would i do that the example they give is some guy who's like oh i'm making a scientist robot so uh i took i'm going to buy the entire category of sciences uh, at a 40% discount. And it was like, well, there's 13 fields in there, so you're going to be really good at things like solar panel energy science and metallurgy. Yeah, but he only puts four into everything, and it yeah. ends up costing him like 36-something 50- yeah. points yeah. after the discount. Yeah, 52 goes down to 36 points. It costs him to do that, which is a nuts amount of points, even though you start with 180. Yeah, you uh, triple the amount of stat points you have to buy. But that's because you triple the amount of stats you have to buy points for. But then you also quadruple the number of skills to buy. Yes, uh, okay, there's only like seven of the 98 skills in this entire game that get any kind of description about what they are or what they do. And in that case, it's always because they have their own little funky tables you have to know about. So, for example, if you buy personal combat, there's as you rank it up, there's little bonuses you want to well, unlock. For unarmed combat. Yeah, for unarmed combat. Sorry. Uh, and then unarmed combat also lets you buy specialty blocks that can add on to your unarmed combat, which are divided into... Occidental combat and <laughs> Oriental combat, uh, which really divides into wrestling and karate, karate. karate chops. Well, it's karate kick and judo flip. Yeah. <laughs> the kind of things that video game Nick Fury yells when he does them. Yeah. Judo throw. Uh, so, yeah, in case you were curious, yeah, you divide your combat up into wrestling and, and chop socky. Double wrestling. Uh, so. Great. The, the, my favorite one of the skills that gets a description is mental training, because uh, mental training is a skill that doesn't do anything but reduce the, the speed or the uh, reduce the time it takes to train other skills. Yep. So it needs a little description so it can explain the system by which that works. Like, okay, so if you have this skill that makes it so you can learn skills, then your skills are divided by. <laughs> there are combat and non-combat psychogenic skills buried into one field of non-combat, and several categories of combat. Uh, they're all things like you can move a certain number of, of uh, kilograms by spending a certain number of psychons, and then you have to calculate the physics by yourself to see how much damage that does. The weird thing to me is, for a game that's like, dude, there are cyborgs, and also psychics, and psychic cyborgs, you're like, okay, that's cool. There's... Outside of the skill description for the various psychic powers, it doesn't give a fuck about them. No. They are never mentioned again. No. And the cyborg stuff, after it does all the rules for, okay, this is how many power units you spend, this is whatever, the back, like, half of this book Mm -hmm. is written as if it were a report Mm -hmm. on cyborgs, which means it's telling everything that you already got in the front half of the book, Mm -hmm. except now it doesn't have any stats on it. (laughs) So it's just like, a robot can move at kilometers an hour if it spends power. Now, of course, a robot's joints can bend at a 75 degree angle, and you're like, 
what the fuck? Who gives a shit? It's like how you always forget that when you're reading through the Riffs book, there's like six pages after the Glitter Boy that are like showing you pictures of various parts of it and being like, look, it's got foot spikes and shit. And you're like, no one is going to remember this. I mean, they'll remember it has foot spikes, but they're not going to remember the like page description of how it deploys. Yeah, that, that's this whole back of this book, except they only talk about the robot stuff. They don't bother to talk about the psychic stuff. Now, let's be fair. This is an old-school role-playing game, which means it comes in a box set, which means there's two more books. And we did read some more stuff from the supplementary manuals, which we don't even have time to get to. John read a bunch of stuff about how the, how about how the planet's divided up now between the various, uh, you know... Well, there was a whole thing about the world government of the future where somehow we decided to have a united Earth government mm -hmm. in, like, the 2000s, mm -hmm. and it didn't just immediately fall apart, and that's... Like, one of the reasons we were able to deal with crises is because we had a united front or whatever. Yeah, but now it's split into five major powers. Well, the, there are five major powers that were the five heads of the United Earth government. And they combined to form Voltron. But the planet then... It has the bases for where everything is. Yeah, there are five different kinds of bases. But the whole thing splits it up across the planet gives you the five different sections of it and all it is is page upon page of this has a t1 type base it is located at longitude this latitude that and is called whatever and it's just yeah pages well, and pages of longitude and latitude and nothing yeah, I flipped through that section on my way to what I wanted to read in the book, and I, I kept, it was like, oh, here's what the base is called now. Here's what the ancient city that, that used to be here, you know, 20 years ago, used to be called before we renamed everything on Earth for some reason. Uh, and uh, here's the size of the base, and that's it. We're done. Moving on. Longitude, latitude. So, and, and a tremendous percentage of this section is like, it'll be like, Magrushkan Yanjis. It's a part of Romania. How many bases are here? None. Okay, moving on. Yeah, the amount of time where it gives you a section of the planet and goes, there's nothing here and it doesn't matter. Anyway, moving on. Yeah. Like, why did you put it there? Also, what does any of this matter? Yeah. So if I'm playing this game and I go, oh, I want to have a cool base that's in like Montana. And I look through the bag and it's like, sorry, no Montana bases. So I'll just make one. So I flipped ahead to the part of the book that was about bugs yeah, you uh, went to essentially the monster manual of this? More or less, yeah. So I thought it might be kind of worthwhile to tell you some of the things about the bugs. First of all, like I mentioned before, they, they start the bug section by telling you about the senses that the bugs possess, uh, which are exemplary. Uh, they can definitely see if you're a cyborg pretty much right away. So if they feel like killing you, they just will. Uh, any bug that wants to can just split into two bugs, and that's that's one of the reproduction models. Uh, but if they're split into two bugs, they become deeply stupid because bugs are made out of uh, macroscopic cellular structures, which means each one of the cells in, in one of these bugs is about two centimeters across. Yeah, they, you know, when the aliens made these things, they're like, whatever, we're just making giant versions of stuff, so here you go. Yeah, they just use Legos to build these giant buggos. Uh, so... They're made of, the, the cellular structure, each cell has an information gathering section to it. So basically, they're, they're co collaborative brains. So the bigger the bug is, the smarter the bug is. It's like there's some kind of brain bug. It's afraid. <laughs> I'd like to know more. Uh, <laughs> I'm doing my part. So uh, this bigger the bug. They whacked us, Johnny. <laughs> it's a cold planet. A, a bug, bug planet. planet. <laughs> but no, I. <laughs> 
damn it. Welcome to the Rough Decks. Oh, boy. <laughs> Electric violin. Okay, here uh, we go. <laughs> okay, one, two, three. Male end, female end. Uh, uh, if you split uh, one of the standard Xenoborgs down to, to two bugs, if it just reproduces asexually and pops in half, they're too stupid to do anything, really, for, like, years while they can consume food to get big again. So most common style of bug reproduction is one, they, two of them will sit around talking to each other because they can communicate, yeah. and then one of those two will eat the other one, and then the two, the two bugs will split into three bugs, which are not so small as to be completely stupid. They're just a little stupid. Yeah, they get mildly dumber, but not super dumb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Great. <laughs> So that's that's bug reproduction. Uh, damage that you deal to a bug is entirely determined by how flaccid and or tumescent that part of that bug is. Uh, because they're made of macroscopic cells and because whoever wrote this book spent a lot of time researching cell biology, he was like, okay, or they were like, okay, you can spread water out of the cells to make them hard like wood cells, or you can pull water in to make them sensitive and soft like human skin cells. So at any given time, any part of a bug can either be hard, firm, soft, flaccid. There's a variety of different uh, descriptions for the bug parts. Floppy. <laughs> Helicoptering. <laughs> Uh, steel, rock hard, veiny, thick, <laughs> uncut. <laughs> but oh, no, these it's, uh, thick, uncut bugs. I mean, seriously though, it it literally is a scale of tume- a flaccid to tumescent for for how much damage any part of a bug can take. If they're completely flaccid, they can also become uh, buoyant and float on water. But if they feel like being completely tumescent, they can walk on the on the floor. In fact, they can fill themselves with hydrogen and then become flaccid and fly around like blimps. Same. <laughs> Uh, uh, they have a variety of weapons that pop out of various ports on their backs and so on. Some of them, they control themselves. Others are controlled by tiny aliens that live inside them called powers. Great. With two W's. <laughs> uh, so they'll have spe- they'll have little tiny alien. I know that it's two W's where the W normally would be, mm-hmm. but I thought it was just powers and then a W at the end. Powers W. Powers would. <laughs> <laughs> They're powered by powers booths. <laughs> So many powers booths. <laughs> but no, it, these little things called powers live inside them and are basically half animal, half plant uh, that have special abilities that are baked into them that can be accessed by the bugs by touching touch plates inside their bodies. Touch those touch plates. Then little ports will open up on the sides of the bugs and various attacks will lance out of them and, and hit cyborgs or something. And it's insane. It's all insane. And if you thought the section with at the very beginning of the first book where it was endless graphs of how D10s look on bell curves was boring, wait till you see the fact that this that these bugs are cell their cellular capability is that the cells they're made of can either have five sides or four sides. Oh, so they have no. to show you the oh, pattern no. assemblies. Oh no. <laughs> if you want, these bugs can form into a soccer ball. Oh good. Thanks. That's, this is a whole huge section of graphs that are just like, and this is a shape you can form by combining pentagons with squares. And here's another one you can do by just using pentagons. Great. Thanks. <laughs> so, oh, and, and that's also how I learned about teleborgs, the giant bugs that live in space and, and are basically spaceships for other bugs. Yay. All right. There you go. Any one of these bugs has a lot of descriptions about how it operates if it's currently being ridden by one of the masters, which are the alien race that's currently. There's two of them. They're on, and yeah, they're on the Jupiter. The actual aliens. They, they will never come to Earth. They never have. They never will. But if you were curious about how it affected the combat features of the bugs, don't worry. That's like a page. <laughs> Good. Great. <sighs> Jeff. Mm. Man, fuck this game. <laughs>
Oh, this is this is a very interesting chunk of history. This is like, what if guy? Let's give Gygax another try. Let's see if there's still some lightning in that bottle. No, I don't think there was much lightning in that bottle to begin with. That's right. I said original D and D was stupid. <laughs> Fuck you, internet. Come I mean, at me. That was our whole point in AD and D when we reviewed it in the first place. Was like we were like, okay, there's so many things about Dungeons and Dragons that don't make any sense. Let's go back to the OG AD and D and see if they do there. Oh no, they, they don't. never did. They, they, there, there was never a there there. It was just the game came out of the womb completely stupid and, and nonsensical, completely full of sacred cows that no one can explain, but everyone has memorized. Uh, At least in this game, it's super unpopular, so no one ever memorized any of this bullshit. Yeah, no one was ever like, ooh, boy, that D10X, that's yeah. what I want to do for we, my game. We, at this point, you and I might be the leading world experts on this game. <laughs> we are, in fact, the Cyborg Commandos. Mm, it's we, us. We, don't, we, we don't. were the Cyborg Commandos. Mm. The Cyborg Commandos were the friends we made along the way. Yeah, I'm Dr. Sawtell, and he's Dr. Nokosu? That name's hard to keep in my head. Anyway, there you go. Uh, at least you get to be the good, healthy, honest one, where I have to be some sort of sexual deviant, apparently. Yeah, you're a unexplained, drinking, unexplained, hard-drinking, hard-smoking, hard-fucking doctor. I'm a hard-farting cyborg doctor. I'm here to sink up your brain to this egg, and then I'm going to go drink me a bottle of Jack. Listen up, UN. If you want cyborg robots, I need ten new grad students, each one boobier than the last. <laughs> the last one, not very booby. <laughs> that one could be a guy. Yeah, just give me one guy. Although I'm not I'm not going to do any guy, gay stuff. That's definitely not mentioned or referenced in the book. They just keep saying my lifestyle's immoral and unacceptable. Uh, that That's all. Yeah. I think it's because I do so much cocaine. Seriously, though, a lot of cocaine. <laughs> I'm Dr. Sawtell, the scientist clown. <laughs> I originally come from Florida. <laughs> that's why my boner doesn't work, because I'm from Saratoga. <laughs> Bringing it back around all around now john what would you say is your favorite thing about this game oh good lord um <laughs> i i mean i guess i guess uh <laughs> what's wrong you feeling a little johnny on the spot there's not a lot here i mean i guess i can say the idea of in alien invasion where the aliens don't invade, they're just like, no, nah, that's dumb as fuck. Why would we do that? Is good. Like, I like that. They're just like, no, we made some shit and it, it invades you. Mm -hmm. Why would why would we risk ourselves going down to invade your planet? Yeah, and the alien masters are a, a, a trilaterally symmetrical worm creature that lives inside of other aliens. And that's how they take over other alien species. In case you were curious about what the masters were. They're blue. They have three arms. Okay, great. Good. All right. Yep. Great. Love it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's that's at least a good take on in the alien invasion. Sure. Thing. Sure. What about you, Jeff? What's oh, your favorite? Oh boy, thing? I think my favorite thing about this game is the basic version of the game. Yeah. Uh, the fact that the book's like, hey, you, you can play basic version, but eventually you're gonna want to play the hard fighting, hard farting version of this game, where all you have to do is take everything, multiply it into three times as much shit as it is right now, and then reassign all of your stats based on whether they're they're not based on just your mental score anymore. They're based on your mental integrity score versus your neural capacity score. Write all that shit down and then kill yourself. It's terrible. It's yeah. The so advanced version of this game is needlessly complex it's uh, it's completely to for a game that was already needlessly complex it, it's just hilarious because it's like they wrote a functional game and then they were like oh but also if you wanted five so much more granularity for no reason Ugh. 
Yep. There you go. I don't need that kind of granularity. Games aren't sheets. I don't need a higher thread count. (laughs) (sighs) Anyhow, anyhow, indeed, what would you say is your least favorite thing? For the the real question. So the worst thing in this game is the fact that they spend so much time on things that have either already been explained or that don't need explanations. Mm -hmm. Like the amount of time the back of this book spends just telling you about like, all right, here's, I know I already told you that. Uh, the head of a cyborg has, like, a tiny little chemical factory that will inform your brain that, like, oh, there's poison gas here. You don't get affected by it, but it lets you know. Yeah. Or it'll be like, ooh, there's shit in the air, because I, I have a little chemical factory that tells me there's shit here. <laughs> well, yeah, I am waving shit around. But the the fact that it's like, oh, well, you know how I told you that? Well, now here's half a page with, like, a description of that but with slightly more detail where it's like, yeah, and it's it's super tiny and it keeps a little vial of everything that it sniffs. And you're like, why? Also, why do I care about this? Is this a thing that will ever be a problem for me in a game? No. There's no mechanics connected to it, and it's nothing story-wise, and it's nothing character-wise. It's just, hey, hey, I wanted to make sure that you know that I know how a cyborg would work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, out of all the things in this game that I don't like, I think my least favorite is the the uh, art direction, where they don't explain why the cyborgs all have like eighty soldier human faces and hair and stuff. Me. They just it's, they every, I guess they're all just covered in a thin layer of meat. Yeah, uh, but they can't change any of that or anything. And the uh, the artists are like, oh yeah, they use finger lasers, and and they definitely. All all the dude ones are like, you know, extremely cheap C-3PO's from the neck down. All the lady ones are sexy human ladies. Yeah, obviously. And it's like, I don't understand that. Who Do they buy their art on the super budget? What, what's happening there? I mean, there's so much more. I mean, for as simple as I can say the basic game is my favorite version of this game, the advanced game version of this game is definitely my least favorite. <laughs> I mean, it's it's needlessly complex for no reason. Yep. It just it, it does a smart thing of taking all nine stats and rolling them into three stats and being like, fine, you don't actually need granularity between these, and it's still easy to work out all the calculations. And again, the same for me with the, the skills. I'm like, oh, 24 is a fine number, and I don't need seven different versions of a type of, like, earth science. Yeah. Just let me have earth science. Yeah, that makes so much more sense. But then when you go to advanced, it's like, what if there were 98 skills? Ugh. And you had to calculate all of them with, like, a lot of decimal points and... And uh, you get you get bonuses, but the decimal points round naturally when you when they when your twenty percent d- division gives you a weird number. It just I can't I can't deal with how bad this game is. Well, there you go. This game is bad. But John, despite the fact that this game is bad, would you play it? No. <laughs> Why would, would you, you ask me that? Would you? Could you with a fox? I mean, probably, but I would just ignore the game and play with a fox. I'd be like, oh, hey, cool, what, a fox. Hey, what's up, little fox? And it would be like, Meh. No, no, it's Megan Fox. Oh, okay. She and, re- and she, then she would be like, Meh. She very rarely goes, Meh. <laughs> Hey, Megan Fox, what's up? <laughs> I feel like that's a rare occasion for a Megan Fox. A uh, rare occasion indeed. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, that's the kind of reaction Megan Fox has to Cyborg Commando. Uh, that's true. She when would, exposed yeah. to it. Most, <laughs> most people are exposed to Cyborg commando we both had to get through that phase we were gonna record oh yeah this. you were like hey john uh, i'm gonna send you a pdf over just brace yourself because you're gonna start squeaking and i was like oh huh? what do you mean 
Yeah, and we have a good 10 minutes of uh, an early attempt at making the same episode. This is two of us going, meh, <laughs> But eventually we got over it, and Megan Fox told us some really fun stories about how shitty Michael Bay is. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, Megan. Uh, okay. Uh, all right, folks, uh, we have another a little bit of bookkeeping to get to before we can be done for the day. Uh, we have one announcement mastery to go through. I changed the name of that recently because it turns out that some other web podcast network or something has Jumbotron. Well, fuck them. I know. We can steal it from them. It's not like Jumbotron was theirs to begin with. It, no, that's that the name big, of something else. It's the big thing in stadiums where they show people who don't want to kiss being forced to. Yeah. Uh, but but no. Or like married couples. Yeah. <laughs> no, I hate it. <laughs> that's right. I'm doing hacky old bullshit jokes now. <laughs> Take my wife, please. Uh, but she wants to go somewhere, and I, I'm stuck at home. <laughs> and I do not. I'm not fond of travel. <laughs> no, sir. All right. Well, anyway, uh, the announcement mastery, which you can still buy on our website by going to uh, systemmasterypodcast.com and clicking the Give Us Some Money button in the in the header. Uh, you can buy these. They're 50 bucks. We will read a commercial for you. It's fine. Yay. It's a good time. Uh, now, I have one of them this month from our from good friend of the show, John. And I'm just going to. That's read- right. I gave $50. <laughs> and I appreciate that. Because uh, I get 25, 23 something of it. Well, yeah. Yeah. Someone uh, takes a cut. Yeah. There's, there's a, PayPal takes a cut in that situation. Uh, here we go. So, uh, <clears throat> if you want nice, clear, and well thought out reviews of all things movie, anime, comics, and video games, then check out the YouTube channel Life Fiber. Uh, Dan talks about anime topics like sex and love and anime, why filler episodes can be a good thing, ooh, and when to drop a show. And I think it's when you notice this anime. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's when the filler episode starts happening. Mm. Uh, and video game topics like why I love them and should you play them. Uh, check out some of his more popular videos like what Marvel and DC should learn from anime. Uh, I was wrong about Kill La Kill and sex in Darling in the Franks. What? I don't know. I, I've seen that before. It's, it's some robot show and it's called Darling in the Franks. And Franks is spelled F-R-A-N-X-X-X. Okay. I'm sure someone's gonna gonna comment and be like, "No, no, it's actually Fran Triple X, or Franz." Yeah, but uh, anyway, sex in Darling in the Franks. So please check it out at YouTube.com/slash/c/slash/lifefiber. Again, that's YouTube.com/forward/slash/the letter C/forward/slash/l/i/f/e/f/i/b/e/r. Thank you. There you go. And there you are. So if you want to get in on that and have uh, have your love notes or commercials or marriage proposals or whatever read to our massive massive fan base hell yeah yeah most of america and and about half of australia then uh nowhere nowhere else though nowhere else. you're not allowed to li- if you're listening to this somewhere that isn't half of australia or america you're going to jail, buddy. Yeah, the good half of Australia, by the way. Yeah. I, I don't know what that... Whichever, the outback. Whichever half is good. Uh, <laughs> the part where there's no Australians. <laughs> uh, also, if you're listening to this in Britain right now... You're going to jail, buddy. Yeah, that, that, you're going, the bobbies are coming. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to whatever they call the the jail over there. The clink. You're going to the jail, but it's spelled like G-A-O-L. <laughs> the hooskow. One of those. I don't know. You're going to go face the Dementors. You're you're definitely going into I don't know the tower Azkaban, what one of those? Pick one. You're going. To, yeah, you're definitely going into the Tower of London or whatever. That's right. Yeah, you're going on a tour of the Tower of London. Mm-hmm. If you're listening to this, and you're British and in Britain, if you're British and in America, we can't legally stop you. <laughs> we we want to. We, we tried. We talked to our lawyers, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we were like, "How do we stop the British from listening to us?" And he was like, 
I have a concept for you. It's called Brexit. We were like, fine, put that into motion. <laughs> Do it. Make it happen. Mm-hmm. And so us. it has. Anyway, go to Patreon. No, no, don't do that. We'll do that, but also go to SystemMasteryPodcast.com uh, and then click the link for Give Us Some Money, and you'll be able to buy your own. They're 50 bucks. It's a good deal. I don't know why more people don't buy them. That's a good – that's that's a very good uh, rate. A, a, a rate of money to number of fans deal. We will read the thing for you. And look how long it's already taken. We spend way too much time on these. It's You're true. getting a bargain. Bargain. Bargain basement prices. Now, speaking of Patreon, mm-hmm. you can go to patreon.com slash system mastery. Yeah. And if you don't feel like getting us to read something, but you want to support the show, just go there and boy, how do you get some bonus content? Yeah, this is the simplest level of bonus content, the one that we're about to make right now, for a single dollar an episode. About two one, bucks a month on average. One singular dollar. You can afford that. Come on now. Uh, you'll get the bonus content for System Master, where we make characters in the game we just reviewed. That means we are, in fact, going to make some Cyborgs Commando. Now, are we going to do it in the advanced rules or the basic rules? You'll have to find out on our bonus content. I, I feel like it's hard to even make characters that are very different from each other in this game, but Lord knows we'll try. Anyway, that's how you get that first level of bonus content where we make characters. There are two more levels where we still have more content to unlock. At 2 bucks, you get our Star Wars bonus content for Expounded Universe. And at $5, you get our monthly Afterthought show where we just kind of go completely off the rails and do whatever the hell we want. Heck yeah, you get cool topics from us. We answer questions from you. And it unlocks in our Discord if you are a patron at all, you get our patron channel. And if you are on that $5 level, you get access to our super special Afterthought channel. Super secret. And you get used... cool colors. Yeah, you also get cool colors in the uh, in the, in the tw- Discord, in the Twitch Gord. In the in the Disc Twitch. I, oh, boy. Let me tell you. Thanks, ya. Grandpa. I, I have a literal medical reason for why I'm stupid now, so you can't hurt me anymore. <laughs> You can't make fun of me. I was in the hospital. No, well, no. Joke's on you, buddy. I don't give a shit. No, no. It's not because I'm in the hospital. It's because one of the pills I take takes all the blood out of my brain. Oh, does it put it in your dick? Uh, let me check. No. Aw. Oh, I know. Oh, you are, you're on the low end of that flaccid detergent scale, <laughs> but can your dick turn into a soccer ball? I mean, maybe. <laughs> also, it's super sensitive right now and dripping with purple slime. <laughs> the mind's dripping with <laughs> sunny D. <laughs> OJ, pur- Purple Slime, Sunny D. Ooh, you mean that Sunny Dick. <laughs> by the way, I'll be going by the pseudonym Sunny Dick from now on. Yeah, I think you probably should. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. So go to patreon.com slash system mastery for more of that. Uh, otherwise, <laughs> for more of that, otherwise, that was. Otherwise, I think we're pretty much done. Uh, I'm going to pause right here for station identification. And we're back. Hi, John. How are you? Uh, I identified a station. We did, but the station's been identified. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. We'll see you in the bonus content real soon, or otherwise, we'll see you in whatever the next episode we make is. Bye. Have a good week.